Welcome everybody to the Nerdpool Podcast with the fat fool who loves Deadpool, your host, Jamie. The water's fine. Come on in. What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of the Nerdpool Podcast. As always, I am your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me, it's me, it's a J-M-I-E, your 71st favorite podcast host, and as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And on today's episode, we are comparing Justice League and Thor Ragnarok. Which movie should you see? Which movie is the better movie? Which team wins between the Justice League and the Revengers? Find out right now as I'm going to tell you first off... Both of these movies you should go see. Both of them are enjoyable in their aspects, and they are both different ends of the spectrum. Thor is more comedy-based with a lot of action in it. There's a lot of jokes in it. It's bright. It's colorful. The soundtrack is in-your-face, 80s rock. Justice League, on the other hand, is more of a serious tone. You do get some more jokes in this, and I do think that that is Josh Whedon influence because he did do a lot of the reshoots when Zack Snyder had to step away. He rewrote a lot of scenes, enough to where they actually gave him a credit on the screenplay. And I think it comes through at times with him when you can see certain scenes where you can kind of be like, yep, that's a Joss Whedon. Again, both of these movies are completely different movies, but they're both very fun. They're they're in your face and they're action-packed. Thor, it's, it's the best Marvel movie this year. It is the best Thor movie there is by a long shot which isn't saying much. The Thor movies haven't been that great, but it's still a really good movie. Kate Blanchett playing Hela with an incredible portrayal of a badass villain, and she was no-nonsense. At one point, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, before I get into any more of this, let me say again, spoiler alert, I'm going to be spoiling aspects of Thor and Justice League. If you have not seen it, then I am sorry. You might not want to listen to it, but I'm going to give it to you again. Spoiler alert, three, two, one. There is a time when Kate Blanchett as Hela takes on an entire Asgard army and kills every one of them single-handedly. No help from anybody. She is a complete badass in this. Kate Blanchett looked incredible. She is sexy in this movie. I'm not ashamed to say it either. Yes, she is very sexy in this role. She looks good. She she comes off as being a no-nonsense badass as opposed to Thor who is a comical badass in this and next to Hulk who finally has a personality. They made Hulk funny in this. They made the character that just growls and roars and says like one thing puny god. They make him hilarious in this. Loki, as always, is Loki. Loki is probably one of the better parts of the Thor movie. And I think we've established now you can't have Thor without Loki at some point. Also, there is Jeff Goldblum, who if I can say this about Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum's character, the Grandmaster, was phenomenal. I believe that because I think that is Jeff Goldblum playing Jeff Goldblum in real life. If you went to Jeff Goldblum's house, I believe he would be the Grandmaster. He's quirky. He's eccentric. He's just so left field and crazy and yet smart. It's just so funny. And I loved his small scenes. He stole every scene he was in. His interaction with Thor. His interaction with Loki. If you don't see the movie for anything else, see it for Jeff Goldblum's portrayal of Grandmaster. I've said his name probably a hundred times right now. And I'm going to say it again. Jeff Goldblum did a fantastic job. 
You also have cameo from Doctor Strange with a fun scene with Thor and Loki. The interaction right there is hilarious. And it's, it's another part of the movie that I just got a kick out of. Also, if you look at the address for when he invites Thor to come to the house, if you're a geek fan, you're going to see a little Easter egg right there. I don't want to spoil it. I want to see if you catch it. If you catch it, let me know. Because I don't know, I know a lot of people didn't. I caught it. Some of the people I was with, they caught it. But there's some people that didn't understand it. But it's a it's a cool little nod to Benedict Cumberbatch. Let's just put it that way. Moving on, a few other things. The after credit scene with Jeff Goldblum. Hilarious. One of the best ones. I applaud you, Marvel, for it. That one little scene after credit was just so funny. And I laughed so hard. There's one breakout star in this movie. And it's the director whose name I'm not even going to attempt. But he does a motion capture sequence playing a character, Korg. When you see Korg, Korg is a Korg is a rock-based monster. His entire thing is rock. He's huge. He's lumbering. He is violent-looking. You would think this deep, growling voice, kind of like the Hulk, would pop up. No. The voice that comes out is so unexpected and so great. Hi, I'm Korg. This is me. The, the, the voice just... it doesn't fit but yet fits so perfectly and I was something I wanted and didn't even know I wanted it he did a great job and I honestly think he is one of the best parts and he probably stole this movie simply because of it I love the character of Korg simply because of that voice he's he's just kind of cool calm and collective even though he's going to start an uprising and it's going to happen and this time he's not going to forget to to make enough pamphlets to hand out and he, he just did an awesome job also you get a few cameos that are uncredited but some big name stars when they, they go to Asgard at one point when Thor returns to Asgard in the beginning of the movie Loki is still portraying Odin and he finds that there is a statue of Loki and they are giving a play to honor the memory of Loki and what Loki had done to save Asgard as we all know if you've seen any of the Thors this did not happen like this Loki is pretending to be Odin, so he has basically made it out that Loki was the savior of Asgard. During the play, you see Sam Neill playing Odin on the in the play, which you might know him from a little movie called Jurassic Park. You see Luke Hemsworth, the brother of Chris Hemsworth, playing Thor. Cute little nod. And then you might see a pretty big name playing Loki in this play. The uncredited Matt Damon. It is hilarious. When it pops on screen, it is unexpected, but it is great. Thor Ragnarok currently sits at a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes with an 89% uh, audience vote. It's, it's a great movie. All of the characters work well because they all have their own role in this movie, and they all mesh well, and the Hulk is the best Hulk you've ever seen. When they give him that personality to where he's not just a lumbering buffoon who says one line, he actually, you know, talks. The the interaction between Thor and Hulk is incredible, and you will really enjoy this movie. If you're a fan of Marvel, then you know that this is this movie is going to be for you because this is this is classic Marvel in every sense of the word. Um, moving on, next up we have Justice League. Justice League is on the other end of the spectrum. It has some comedy in this this time, and again, I think that might be Josh Whedon, um, but it's more of a serious tone. This movie has a few high points, few low points. I love this. I like this movie more than I did Batman v Superman. I liked it more than Suicide Squad. I liked it more than Man of Steel. Wonder Woman, 
I don't know. I think, and I, I hate to say this again, but I'm going to say it. I think Wonder Woman hit because it was the first female-driven superhero. I think that's what did it, and the reason it gets so much love it did. This movie currently, Justice League, is sitting at Rotten Tomatoes at a 40%, with an 85% audience approval rating. Now, that's considering the fact that the audience approval rating for Thor is 89, Justice League is 85, but yet the critics got Thor at 92 and Justice League at 40. Makes me think that sometimes the critics might skew their opinion because of what's previously been done by Warner Brothers or DC. The movies haven't been that great besides Wonder Woman, and I think they kind of skew it a little bit because of that, and they go into it and not think. 85% is telling me that the fans enjoy it. I enjoyed this movie, and I really thought this movie was going to suck. I hate to say that going in, but I, I went in with trying to keep an open mind, but I'm like, I'm, I'm not too confident in what they're going to pull off. And they did a few of the standard DC EU uh, qualms I have. They shoehorned a lot into one movie. They shoehorned origin stories. Um, they gave you Cyborg, Flash, and Aquaman's. And it wasn't like a full-on origin, but they kind of just put it all in there so you know where they come from, you know how they got their powers, you know what's going on. Batman goes from being, Ben Affleck's portrayal goes from being this brooding, standoffish loner to being this, trying to be this charismatic, kind of jokey, you know, guy looking to put the team together to trying to be a leader of the team, to not wanting to be a leader of the team. And it, I don't I don't know, it's, it's a weird portrayal. I actually liked his portrayal of Batman in Batman v Superman a little bit better than this. And there are times, and this is, I can't believe I'm saying this, there are times when Batman is moving in this movie. They took it straight from a comic book, but the, the scenes, for some reason, the CGI just didn't make it appear good. Like, I didn't, his movements didn't look natural. And I know CGI makes that almost impossible. When you're using CGI, it's hard to make something look natural, but it didn't look natural to me. However, that's just nitpicky. Wonder Woman again, Gal Gadot. One of the sexiest, most beautiful women on God's green earth. Kills it as Wonder Woman. Anytime she is on screen as Wonder Woman, I'm in love. That's just God's honest truth. Gal Gadot, I was so hesitant when she got this role, but I'll tell you right now, she has made it her own. And, you know, I look forward to more Wonder Woman with her because Gal Gadot has just took this role and ran with it and made it what it should be, what it could have been. And, you know, my hat's off to her again. Great job. Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller's Flash is completely different from Grant Gustin's Flash. Grant Gustin's Flash is very intelligent. He, he was a little socially awkward, but he wasn't. He still had friends. He had family. In this one, Ezra Miller plays the equivalent of Peter Parker from Spider-Man Homecoming. He seems like he's a teenager who doesn't have friends. He's very socially awkward. Never really been around people. He's kind of in shock at everything going on. He can't believe he's part of a team like this. And it that's the way that they wanted it portrayed. His Flash isn't terrible, which again, I've again thought it was going to be. It's not a terrible Flash. It's just not the Flash I'm used to considering I'm such a big fan of the Grant Gustin TV show. And the comics, he doesn't seem to be like this. It's like, I don't know if this was his choice, if this was the choice of the director, producer, studio, writer. I don't know who wanted you know have him do it like this. It's not terrible. It's someone who hasn't come... To grip fully what their powers are capable of. He hasn't perfected his powers. He's never really used them in this sense before being put on this team. You know, he's never, he says at one point, you know, he's never been in a fight. He's just pushed people and ran away. And that's what it comes off as. He, he does get the majority of the jokes in this. He, he does a lot of comedy, fun stuff in this. And you get to where I didn't like him at first and it kind of grew on me to where I like him. Now, again, the 
character, they kind of dumbed him down to where, you know, Barry Allen's always been a really smart guy, and maybe he is, and they just didn't do it, but this is like, he doesn't know where East and West is, he doesn't know where the Pacific Ocean is, and it's just little things like that that make me wonder why the choice was made to make him appear that way, and he always says he has no friends, didn't have a lot of friends growing up, but again, as far as I know, he was raised, you know, around Iris West, who was his best friend, so he had friends growing up, so again, it's it's just a little, little thing that I think that they went with. Again, Ezra Miller does a good job. It grew on me to the point that I, I thought it was funny. The interactions with him and Superman, when they're basically racing, hilarious. When he first goes to the Batcave and he's running around checking everything out, again, fun. Jason Momoa playing Aquaman to Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa is kind of the surfer dude, you know, totally what's up. And that's kind of what the Aquaman is here. They gave him a lot of power and he looked kind of he looked cool. But Aquaman didn't, to me, honestly, didn't have a lot. And this Aquaman's best scene was when he was sitting on the lasso of truth and starts telling them, you know, what he thinks of everyone and why he is the way he is and he doesn't want to die and it's a funny little scene. But the rest of the time, Aquaman just kind of there. I don't know, he, he just doesn't have that big of a role in this as I thought he would and it just didn't come off the way I thought it should have. And at the one time we kind of see Atlantis, it looks kind of shitty, for lack of a better term. I mean, I was expecting... You know, now granted, it's only a small part of Atlantis, and it's in the depths where it's supposed to be hiding a mother box, but I was kind of hoping to see, you know, a, honestly, kind of like the Little Mermaid, and I know it's a weird comparison, but something like that, you know, gold castle, when you think of Atlantis, you think of this gold castles and, and these beautiful streets and everything, and I'm thinking of that underwater, and we're not really seeing it. You know, we didn't see it in this. But again, it's not like we can't. It was just a small part of it. Maybe they do show it. But for, he's just there. Aquaman wasn't that integral to this role. I don't... Uh, Cyborg, played by Ray Fisher, did a good job of playing the character of like it was. I'm, I don't know a lot about Cyborg. Um, I was never a big Cyborg fan. And I honestly think they kind of... Forgive me for saying this. I kind of think they put Cyborg in the, this early to kind of get a little diversity in the Justice League. Now, I'm not against that at all, but, you know, we don't have Green Lantern, but we got Cyborg. To go with the storyline that they're trying to go with, I understand needing the need for Cyborg to be in this. And he does a good job of playing a guy, again, who's got these powers and has these issues inside of him that he doesn't really know how to deal with. He doesn't want... He's worried about being a... not being able to control them. He's kind of worried about what the world is going to bring him. And he plays that well. He ends up being a good part of the movie. He does more in this movie than Aquaman does. Did a better job of doing his character than I think Jason Momoa did of doing Aquaman. Did a good job. Not much to say. Again, I'm not a big cyborg guy. I don't know how much of his stories have changed or what. But he did a decent job. Steppenwolf, the villain. Had I not seen Thor beforehand, had I not seen what Hela did and Kate Blanchett did, then this might have done a really good job. He just didn't come off the way I wanted Steppenwolf to do. First off, DC has a bad problem in these movies of making their villains way too big for me. I understand that you have a team of people fighting him, so the villain has to look like he could compete with the team. But every villain they have seems like he's nine foot tall and this huge, just big villain. Stephen Wolf to me could have been a guy, you know, he could have been 6'5", 
and he could have been, you know, muscular, and he could have done it. They CG'd him to where I think he, he looked like he was about eight foot tall, and I just, I don't want that. It's just, I don't know why, it's just this little pet peeve of mine to see that they have to seem like DC goes, well, the villain's got to be huge and monstrous. You don't have to have that. Again, I'm going, I'm going right to Thor. Kate Blanchett was not big. She was a normal-sized woman, and she was badass taking on a team. That included the Hulk. And that's the way it went. And, and you don't need to have him be this big, huge monster to make a point that the team can battle him. He's supposed to be the son of Apocalypse in this movie. And Apocalypse is the big bad of Superman and probably the big bad of DC. So if he's going to be his son, you don't have to make him huge. You can make him just a very powerful being. Now, he didn't do a bad job. The problem I have with this movie mainly is because it, they kind of rush it. They shoehorn, like I said, all the origin stories in. And they, they, they shoehorn a bunch of different uh, aspects. They shoehorn the Flash Superman racing. They shoehorn in bringing Superman back. The formation of the Justice League. They kind of tease the Justice League breaking up. Also, they kind of tease Batman's death. And there's just so much going on that you don't need to do this. I think this movie's problem is you can't ever get really fully involved into it because it's so cut here, cut here, cut here. we got to keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. This movie is the shortest one, I believe, of the DCEU movies. It only comes in, like I think, an hour and 59 minutes, so it's under two hours. And it's just so quick, 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 quick. And you don't get them battling Steppenwolf as much as you think you would it's kind of them putting the team together and their internal struggles and it seems like to me you need a you needed time to kind of put all this in motion and put them in the places the movie's not bad I had fun with it the few thing is Superman Henry Cavill Superman is Henry Cavill Superman first off the um if anybody didn't know this Henry Cavill was filming another movie when they had to do the reshoots for Superman and they had to do all that and he had to have a mustache for this role he couldn't shave the mustache for the role he was coming with so they CG'd the mustache off now I know what you're thinking you're thinking okay probably bad and it didn't look terrible but you could totally tell it was CG'd and every time he was on screen I couldn't get past it I don't know why maybe it's just me but I couldn't get past this weird look of his upper lip and it kind of took me out of it now another problem with the superman is in this movie the justice league get their ass kicked by steppenwolf and then superman shows up and it's superman kicks steppenwolf's ass single-handedly the way this movie is portrayed and the way it looks superman doesn't need the justice league the justice league needs superman and they actually say that in the movie just superman i understand how powerful he is in the comics but, I mean, why would he want to be... Why would he want help from these people when he can just beat them? He can beat every one of them. They fight Superman, and it's a cool scene when they bring Superman back, and he they end up fighting Superman for a minute because he doesn't understand what's going on. He just got brought back to life. Superman kicks all their asses. And I tell you, I really like the part when he grabs Batman, and spoiler alert again when I say this, he looks at him, and he says... Do you bleed? It's a cool moment because they're face to face. It's reminiscent of Batman v Superman, but it's from the other way. When Batman falls and Superman takes off, Batman goes, something's bleeding. A little joke. There's a little comedy in this. It's action. For all the faults it has, it's a fun movie. It's an action-packed movie. And if you're a superhero fan, you'll enjoy it. You will actually enjoy this movie. I don't, I'm not going to bash DC on this because 
I actually agree with the audience. I'd see it again, and I recommend anybody to see it. Now, if you're gonna, if you had to pick one of these two movies to see, if you could only pick one, forget the fact if you're a Marvel fanboy or a DC fanboy, because that kind of can skew your view. Now, in my opinion, if you had to see one of these movies and you could only see one of these movies, go with Thor. Thor is the better movie. It's the more fun movie, and you, you'll you'll enjoy it more than you will Justice League. Justice League's not a bad movie. You you will enjoy Thor a lot more. Now, a couple things we take away from both movies, have that being said. One, Superman is the most powerful being in DC. Wonder Woman's powerful. Aquaman, they made him powerful. Cyborg, they made him powerful. But Superman is the end-all, be-all, and Superman does not need them. There is one other thing I forgot to mention about Justice League. We get to see Green Lantern. We get to see a sneak peek of Green Lantern. And it was, I marked out. I love Green Lantern. It was a cool little moment in a fight scene. He's split second, not a lot. You'll have to see it, just believe it, because I don't want to give it all away. But, cool little moment. Now, the CG on Superman's lip was terrible. Steppenwolf is the second most badass horned villain this year in a superhero movie. Ezra Miller's Flash is different, but it grows on you. Wonder Woman is awesome, as always. Aquaman leaves a lot to be desired, and I hope they show more of his personality in the upcoming movies. Cyborg does a pretty decent job. Thor seems overpowered in this new movie, but he's a god, so I'll let it pass. Hulk seems underpowered, which they try to make Thor the focal point, so I'll let him pass on that. Uh, Hela is the baddest horned, mythical bad guy in comic book movies this year. She kicked Steppenwolf's ass, guaranteed. Guaranteed she beat Steppenwolf. Her backstory is cooler. Her outfit is cooler. Hella wins. That's pretty much all I'm going to say. Um, so, if I can say, cool, this has been a great day. I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, follow me on Twitter, at NerdPoolPod. Follow me on Instagram, at NerdPoolPodcast. You can follow me on Twitch, uh, at NerdPoolGaming. Um, I'm not streaming just yet. I'm trying to get my setup all ready. But you can go on and subscribe there for when it comes. I'm fixing to start the YouTube channel up. I've got my equipment. And I'm fixing to start on that. Thank you all for all your support, all your love. Anywhere the podcast is listened to, please like it. Please uh, subscribe to it. Please share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Thanksgiving coming up. Why not just sit around and be thankful for the Nerdpool Podcast and listen to an episode with your family and friends. Thank you all for everything. I hope you go out and support both of these movies Thor Ragnarok and Justice League. Let's show them that these movies need to be made, that we still love these movies, we love these characters. Go support these characters because the more we support it, the more we're going to get of it. And I think it's leading to some big things. Everyone here at the Nerdpool Podcast, I guess that's just me. Thank you for listening. And until next time, see ya. Yeah.